You are listening to a live message from Gold Street Garden Church with Dr. Dominic Butler. We are thrilled to have you join us for today's message. Our prayer is that you would see Jesus clearer than ever before and your desire to know him personally would increase in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about the church, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com. Prayer is air has been the title of this Holy Ghost series we've been going on and helping people understand that prayer is just not a means to get something from God, but that prayer is literally the gift to just be able to talk with him, to be able to commune with him. Amen. Isn't it amazing? Do you realize that every word that you get to talk to God was blood bought? That the reason you can actually pray every word that you say to him was purchased It's a purchase conversation, right? Because before Jesus went to the cross, we only a priest could represent us, but Jesus became our high priest, amen? So now we can boldly come to the throne and conversate with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We've talked about last week, how many people were here last week? We had ourselves a time last week. I highly encourage you. You have to go listen to last week because it was, it was just, it was, a, it was amazing. We talked about the prayer of a righteous man or woman and that power that avails. The Lord has dealt with me tonight about, we're still in prayers there, but the Lord dealt with me for subtitling tonight. It's the partnership of prayer and praise. Okay. Okay. You got to come with me. The partnership of prayer and praise. I want to make this statement. Some people think praise, a lot of people view praise as the result of answered prayer when really praise is the vehicle to get your prayers answered. I'm going to say that again. Some people view prayer as the result of answered prayer, but really prayer is the vehicle that gets your prayers answered. Think about this. Is Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever? So why aren't your praises the same? Why are so many people's praises dictated off an answered prayer over a better circumstance? Not realizing that praise is actually the disciplined focus of the heart that is ever aware of who he is. It's Praise is when you discipline your heart to say, I know who he is. No matter what else I see, I'm confident in knowing who he is. And because of that, I can celebrate no matter what I see because I already see him and I know that he's taking me to greater heights, greater. You see what I'm saying? That praise is a disciplined focus of the heart that is ever conscious of him. Amen. So I want to read a few scriptures, and then we're going we're gonna to have some fun here. So I want to say that quote again. Prayer is not the result of answered prayer. or Praise is not the result of answered prayer. Praise is the vehicle for prayers to be answered. Now, David was such a man after God's own heart. It's actually coined the phrase that way. And you know what David had to do a lot? Um, Here's the scriptures. He actually says this in two separate Psalms. Psalm 42, verse 5, and Psalm 43, verse 5. It's synonymous. This is what David says. Why are you cast down? It's like, who's he talking to? Wait for it. Why are you cast down? Oh, my soul. 
He's talking to himself. Sounds like a schizophrenic, <laughs> right? Sounds like a loony. What is David's, why are you talking to yourself, David? Well, check it out. Why are you cast down on my soul? You know what your soul is? It's your mind, will, and emotions. It's your feelings. It's, the, it's, it's your analytical. People say, you know, I'm just analytical. Well, get delivered. <laughs> what do you mean you're analytical? What do you mean? You can't be analytical and serve the Lord. You, you, remember when David was analytical? We got to get a census. We got to count how many. See how that got him. Uh, that's a different story, a different day if you don't know. But the thing is, is we have to have trust in the Lord. Yeah, it says, the Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not. Lean not on your own understanding. It doesn't say don't have understanding. It just says don't lean on it. Because if you lean on the understanding of the world, the devil is going to pull it right out from under you at any given point, And then you're going to be left with nothing. And you're just going to, you're going to be discouraged. And David here is saying, David's saying, why are you cast down on oh my soul? So he's, he's feeling discouraged today in this. He's feeling discouraged, but this is what he does. And he says, and why are you, you disquieted within me? So what is it saying? Has anybody had a day like this where their soul, their feelings are like, I just don't feel good. I don't feel like going to work. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You know, all these dumb excuses to not live a victorious life in Christ. He says, why is my soul making so much noise? Why is my soul trying to dictate my life when I have a Lord? I have a Lord. Amen? So he goes on to say, hope in God. Everybody say, hope in God. For I shall yet praise him. I shall yet praise him. So what is he? All of a sudden, he's like, why am I discouraged? Why, why, so why is this happening? And then he's like, wait a minute. Hope in God. I'm going to praise. You know why he reminds himself to praise? Because when the presence of the Lord wasn't in Israel, and they were getting war from every side, and then he finally brings, and there was a whole thing with that, but he brings the covenant of the Lord, which represents the presence, back into Israel. You know what he does? He dances the whole way. He dances the whole way this covenant is coming into Israel because he knows that the presence of the Lord makes you untouchable to the enemy. Do you know why? You have to see this, that he is light, right? Can you touch light? Because you're untouchable when you become the light of the world. The devil can't touch light. Light is untouchable. It just reveals what's already done. It reveals the victory. So getting this in our heart, we shall praise him. It's something that goes on in you. The help of my countenance and my God. So he's talking about his countenance. So if you walk around all the time, you're just constantly, you know, I'm just tired all the time, or I'm just this. You don't, you have not disciplined your heart to praise the Lord. You're not waiting for a breakthrough. You're praising your way all the way through life. It's constantly, do you, did you wake up with breath today? 
Is that a reason to praise? Is that a reason to praise? Or did you, were, were you able to get here tonight? Did you have a source of transportation to get here, to get in the presence of the Lord with believers? That's a reason to praise God. For some reason in the Christian church, we need pom-poms. Like, did you know God loves you? What, what are you talking about? Jesus, he died for you. He put, he put himself on a cross and now he has the best things intended for you. We have a reason to praise and you know, when we start praising, our prayer life goes to another level because the more you praise, the more you're conscious of his power. And then your prayer life is influenced by him, not your circumstances. Praise takes you to another level. Hence, what is in the word praise? Raise. You start raising your, your, your focus. You go to another level. And I want to give you some examples of this tonight. If you have a little, if you have a moment, you, you did your hair and you put some clothes on, you came out, you might as well stay and hear what the Lord has for you tonight. Amen. Amen. Psalm 146 verse one, praise the Lord, exclamation point. Not a, not a soft comma, not a soft period, exclamation point. Praise the Lord. Everyone yell, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you. And then right after that, it says, just in case nobody heard, praise the Lord, oh my soul. So what is David doing? He's praising the Lord. And right after that, he says, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Because maybe, and I'm just throwing this, this is Dom's translation, but maybe the first time he said praise the Lord, something didn't register. So he's like, wait a minute, soul, praise the Lord. That you have to get a hold of what's going on inside of here. Did you know the devil is just waiting to implant a thought in your head? He's waiting for the perfect opportunity to get somebody to come up to you and drop a comment that just gets you sidetracked. But if you have a discipline to praise him, you're untouchable. You're just constantly, you're constantly in love with him. It's like somebody comes up to you, you're like, I hate you. It's cool, man. I love you because he's amazing. You can hate, you know, you're not, a, you, you know, so, so many people, if somebody says one thing to you, if somebody cuts you off in traffic, you're like the worst person to be around the rest of the day. What's up with that? <laughs> Jesus loves you. You're on your way to heaven. Most likely that person's not. So why are you going to let them ruin your whole day? I love what I heard a minister, I think it was Dan Muller, said, don't let where somebody's not dictate where you are. Don't let where somebody's not dictate where you are. Where are you? Seated with Christ in heavenly places. Where are you? You're more than a conqueror through him who loves you. You know, where are you? Somebody need to give you a reason to praise? Is that why the Lord brought you here tonight? So I could remind you to praise him. Praise him. Come on. He's worthy. I mean, we might have a couple praise breaks tonight. It's totally fine. It doesn't even have to be prompted. Go for it. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What is he doing? He's talking to his soul, telling it, praise the Lord. And as he does this, once again, connecting prayer and praise, connecting this partnership. Amen? 
Now, I want to share this. If you go to Psalm 148, this is something that popped out to me this week and really is ministering to me greatly. But I want everybody to understand that praise is a weapon that leaves the enemy confused and defeated. Amen. <laughs> confused and defeated. Do you know what he likes to do? He likes to bring confusement, but praise flips the script. He's trying to confuse, and when you start praise, say things are going crazy in your life. Does anybody, is anybody a, a, alive and a human? <laughs> things get crazy sometimes. Am I, am I right? Am I, is, if, if you've never had a crazy situation, you're... <laughs> That's a different thing. But <laughs> if you have children, does anybody know what crazy is? You know, it's like, it's like crazy is okay, but the thing about praise is the enemy tries to use crazy to, to, to suppress praise. Why does, why does it seem like we have to... Why does it seem like we have to encourage ourselves to praise God so much? Because the enemy is fighting overtime to make sure you don't praise because there must be something about praise that screws with him. There must be something about praise that puts you right on your destiny. Maybe that's why the devil's coming at us so much. Maybe that's why there's so many bored Christians sitting in dumb churches not getting anything accomplished for the kingdom of God. Come on. Jesus is alive. The church should be alive. Amen. Let's all, you know, like, what are you talking about? I used to be hooked on cocaine. The Lord came and set me free. You know what I'm talking about? Has anybody got a testimony? You got a reason to praise. But that's just before Christ. Now I've seen people come to know the Lord. I've seen people get healed of stage four cancer. I've seen things happen because my testimony wasn't just what he did before I knew him. My testimony is ongoing, ongoing. So is yours. But you know what makes that testimony flow? Praise, 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 praise. I don't need a reason to praise because he alone is worthy. But he throws out more things for me to praise regardless. Amen. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you have to make up your mind who's the source of your praise. Is it, is it a good day? Have fun with that. 2020 hasn't been handing a lot of those out. <laughs> but... When you praise, you flip the script of the enemy. What the enemy meant for evil. You start praising God and every attack that the enemy has brought against you turns into the plan of God to bring you to the top. And I'm going to show you this in scripture, right? Well, we'll get there. <laughs> Psalm 148 says this. David saying, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him from the heights, praise him all his angels, praise him all his host, praise him sun and moon, praise him all you stars of light, praise him all you heaven, heavens of heavens and you waters above the heavens. Do you see what it's saying here? It's saying that the heavens praise, it says that the sun and the moon praises, it's saying that the angels praise. Check this out. Follow me right here. The Lord started, he told me, read it again. 
He said, read it again. And I'm like, yeah, they're praising. It's, it's awesome, God. Like, I'm just like, thank you for encouraging me to reread this. <laughs> I'm just, this is how I read the Bible. Talk to God. Thank you. And he's like, read it again. I'm like, yes, praise the Lord. Heavens, sun, moon, it's beautiful. Read it again. And then I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm missing something. You, you can speak to me. Tell me what it is. And he said, did you notice that the sun doesn't have to be reminded to rise? The sun doesn't have to be reminded to set. The stars don't need to be reminded to shine. The angels don't have to be reminded to praise. Because, because they're praising, they do exactly what they're supposed to do. Do you see where I'm going? You see where I'm going? Okay. <laughs> so when we praise, we align ourselves with exactly what we're called to do. Do you see that? I want you to catch that. The sun praises God by hearing the command to shine, and it never stops. We're called to live for him. We're called to be the light of the world. We're called to do the Great Commission. Praise isn't just a song. Praise just isn't a dance. That's part of it. But praise is obedience to the word of God. And that I don't need, and that I don't need, it's so, that's what's so amazing about God, is that we do, we, we serve God because we love him, but then he still says, there's a reward. It's amazing, because he's a good father, but you are going to be very disappointed if you don't learn that the greatest reward is Jesus. <laughs> if your reward is just things, or God blessing you here and there, you don't know him because he is the reward. He is the reward. Jesus, standing before Jesus, I will push any of y'all out of my way to give him an eternal hug because time is no issue for him. Amen. Jesus is the reward. Jesus is the reward. Say that out loud. Jesus is the reward. Go to Exodus 17. This is where we're going to camp the rest of the night. Moses, one of the patriarchs of the Old Testament, Moses was called, he's a foreshadow of Jesus being the deliverer. Moses is taking all the Israelites that were in Egypt in captivity into the promised land. But as they, they're trying to get to the promised land, they're in a wilderness, which just so happens to be called the wilderness of sin, <laughs> which means they were missing it every day because that's what sin is, to miss it. You think they would have got a clue. Maybe we shouldn't be in the, this wilderness. <laughs> but uh, whatever. That's another sermon, different day. But Moses, nonetheless, being faithful to serve God, leading the people, that are complaining, murmuring every day. I joke about it all the time, but every day, Moses, where's the bread? Moses, we had it better in Egypt when we were working for nothing and getting beaten. It's like, that's what we do sometimes. We laugh at that because it's, it's a very obvious illustration, but there's so many Christians that complain about things indirectly saying that they would have it better if they could just do whatever they want in the world and not have conviction not have certain things, boundaries. 
Love has boundaries. Amen? Amen. But we're talking about prayer and praise. And in verse 8, it says this. Now, <laughs> now Amalek came and fought with Israel and refined them. Now, this is what I want you to see. Can I, you guys interested in the Bible? And what I mean by that is that it's important that you know the history of the Bible and things like that. I tell people all the time, when I study the Word of God, I got a calculator, I got an encyclopedia, I got everything out. I'm like a mad scientist. Like, I'm like, I want to find out everything I can. It's just how I do. Uh, Amalek, he is a descendant of Esau. Now, Jacob, who became Israel by that, that Jacob and Esau... Not such a great brotherhood. Not such a great relationship. You can read and find that. I'm giving you a spoiler alert. <laughs> didn't, they didn't have a great relationship. Kind of backstabbed each other and took birthrights and it's a crazy mess. So anyway, Jacob and Esau, Israel. Because of that relationship, Esau's descendants and Israel were, are always at war in the Old Testament. You'll find that it's always like that. So Moses is having to deal with Jake with Esau's younger brothers, why he's already dealing with all the complaining going on and stuff. So now he's got to fight a war that generations before caused. You get what I'm saying? Do you see that work? I, I want to say this right now. There is, and we've been talking about this on the live stream. There's been such a lack of the fear of the Lord in the church. And it's because of the generation before us stopping talking about hell what when did that become okay that we just don't let people know there's consequences for the life that they lead that god that to preach that god is love but not preach that he's a god of wrath is a is a is a perverted gospel you're setting people up for failure that yes god is love but he's also wrath he's also judgment he's perfectly just you can't just erase those scriptures. Amen? But we're in a day and age where you can see it in our culture that rebellion has been embraced because the gospel has not been going forth with authority. But say, not us. We, we're going to preach it. We're gonna, and we're going to see results even tonight. Believing for signs, wonders, and miracles to confirm the preaching of the word. I, be, I believe that people are going to start coming to this facility just because they're going to hear about what God will set them free from. People will be coming in on hospital beds. We're going to see it happen because, because we need to see it happen because it's a promise of his word that the Lord wants to see a latter rain of his glory come to pass. Amen. So uh, Amalek fought with Israel and refined them. Everybody I want you to understand, refidum means place of rest. Okay? When you're studying the word, all these names have meaning. Place of rest. So remember that. What did Jesus say? Come to me, all you labor heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What does it say in Hebrews? Labor into rest. Rest is the, the main thing. We said earlier, where are we seated? We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. If you're seated, it means you're at a place of rest. Because it's a finished work. You're resting on a finished work. But the thing is, is you have to fight labor to stay in rest, but you don't try to stay in rest by toiling. 
you stay in rest by fighting from a place of rest. And I want to show you that. Prayer and praise. Moses said to Joshua, do you know what Joshua's name is? Yeshua, which is actually a foreshadow of Jesus, because that's the Hebrew. Yeshua is literally, is actually the name. Like Jesus is more of a, it's a, it is his name, but it was, Yeshua is the definitive name for us to understand that Yeshua, when we see here, it says, choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Isn't this amazing? Do you know what we need more than ever right now? And I'm so thankful what I see. We need the generations coming together. And what you see right here is what does Moses say? He's, Moses is encouraging his boy because Joshua is a successor. He's going to be a successor of Moses. And what Moses does is he's like, you go fight. And what Moses does is we're going to read. He goes up on the mountain and he starts praying. The older generation is at a place, is up and is getting this place, but the older generation is telling the young generation, you got to fight for the things of God. You got to fight. You got to fight. Don't become passive to this things of this world. But the older generation needs to remind the younger generation, you got to fight. You got to fight for the things of God. You got to contend for signs, wonders, and miracles. You got to contend for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We don't want a watered down gospel. No, we want to see the miracles that took place in the book of Acts. And the old generation has to say, no, children, no, you can't play these little program games. No, we need the real Holy Ghost. You need to fight for the things of God. Amen. And as, as being younger and being thankful, I'm thankful for the men of God and women of God, the mothers and fathers, even my own, and, 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 and spiritual mothers and fathers that remind me on a regular basis, you fight. You fight for the things of God. You don't settle for what you've heard from church growth experts. No, you listen to the Smith Wigglesworths. You listen to the John G. Lakes. You listen to Peter. You listen to Paul the Apostle. And you go after you on church growth, read the book of Acts, and do it. Fight for the things of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Choose us some men and go out and fight Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill. Do you think Joshua went out and picked a bunch of pansies? If he's got to go to war, do you think Joshua is looking for some? No, he's looking for some people that are ready to go to war. Is the church ready to go to war? Is the church ready to say, not our generation? Our generation is going to see. And when I say our generation, all of us, this is our generation. We're all alive right now. And we're saying, all of us coming together, saying that we are not going to tolerate the devil to get the victory over our generation. Because you can read this Bible, and there was generations that got passed over. You don't even hear anything about it, because it was a bunch of passive pansies, not going after the things of God. But we have to go after it. Amen? Hallelujah! I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Now, why would Moses stand on the top of the hill with a rod? You know why? Because the last time he held a rod up, a Red Sea parted. <laughs> That's why he's doing that. No, duh. Man, if last time I held a rod up, a sea parted, I'd be like, hey, you guys fight. I'm going to stand up there and do the rod thing again. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what, that's what Moses is saying. Like, I'm just going to get up there and hold this rod up and everybody just look at me. <laughs> it's like, and everybody, and everybody agreed with him because they saw it work. 
And that's, I want to point this out, that some of us think that what people did in the older generation, getting the things of God, we think it's weird, but it got results. It got results. You think you're all cool with your new stuff? Same Holy Spirit, same power. Come on. Amen. I think we're going to another level. It's like there's something happening. Amen. But he just gets up there and he holds the rod. <laughs> Way to go, Moses. If I'm Joshua, I'm thinking, why am I fighting? And you're just up there holding a stick. Right? But that's where the younger generation gets rebellious. You're not doing anything. All you're doing is holding a rod. No, actually, he's doing what God told him to do. And when he does what God's told him to do and you submit to that authority, you'll win. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, now here, this is where we're about to get. You guys ready? We haven't even started yet. What's going on here? So, <laughs> so Mo, where am I at? And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So Moses took some, com, com, you know, it's got, he's got, he's got an entourage with him. He's going up the hill to hold the rod. He, he, I guess he needed help holding the rod up, and we'll find out he did. But, you know, this is the wisdom of God. He goes up there. Now, this is where you have to follow me. I want to point out what they're, actually, let's keep reading. This will help. But he takes Aaron and Hur with him. Now, Aaron's usually always with Moses. And if you read, Aaron has a very significant role in Moses' life. He says, and then, so Aaron is really the priest for, he's going, he, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec, but he's going through, and then her is involved here too, but you don't ever hear about her, so he's taking Aaron and her, but it's very specific, the people he took, okay? So they went to the top of the hill, and then verse 11 says, and so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. That is crazy, right? Win, lose. Win, lose. It seems stupid. Like, what is going on here? And everybody's noticing. When his hand is up, the rod is up. Victory. When it's down. And Aaron and her realize this. They're seeing Moses get tired. And I really believe the older generations before us, the things that they're getting tired, they're, they're, they're going after it, but there's only a few people that really believe it or are really going after it right, and they're getting tired. But what happens here is so amazing because verse 12, it says, but Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone. Everyone say, took a stone. And they put it under him, and he sat on it. What, are, what land are they fighting in right now? place of rest. Moses is standing. He's getting weary. But then Aaron and her say, sit down and fight from a place of rest for the place of rest. Sit down, sit down. And the rock obviously symbolizing Jesus as well. It's a stone of foundation. But here's where it gets really good. Even better, I should say. Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. What are we talking about tonight? Prayer and praise, the partnership. Okay, Aaron, he represents the Levites. He is 
the priesthood which represents prayer. Now, who is her? Where did he come from? Her is a descendant of Judah. What does Judah mean? Praise. So, when Aaron and her tell Moses, sit down, we'll hold your hands up. What are the hands? What powers you to fight from a place of rest? Praise and prayer. And they held Moses' hands up. And as he kept his hands up, Joshua and the army began to prevail. And they began to destroy the Amalekites. And what is that? Joshua represents Jesus and the sword represents the word of Jesus. So when you are in praise and prayer, though Jesus can perform the word in your life and destroy the work of the enemy in your life. Somebody's got to get this tonight. That it's prayer and praise that that you, you, you sit on the victory of Jesus and then you just pray and praise. It can't be that easy. I'm here to tell you tonight that it is because all you are going to have to do is you're going to start hearing his voice more clearly because prayer and praise puts you in a posture to be able to hear. And you do what he says and you go about it. But you see, and let's keep reading. So they hold his hands up. And it says, and they held it down till the going down of the sun. Once again, you have to understand, check this out. Jesus on the cross would held up his hands. Our prayer and our praise. Our prayer and our praise, because he's the priest. He's the high priest. That we have to get this in our heart to understand prayer and praise. It's a partnership. And it takes you to a level that everybody in this room should be getting convicted by the Holy Spirit to say, I'm not praising enough. He's too good. He's too good. And my prayer life's going to another level because I'm going to focus on him. And he's going to become the influencer of my request. He's going to become the influencer of my day. He's going to become the influencer even the situations you're facing right now that you're just like, how can this ever work? Well, I'm here to show you what is about to be said after that is this, is that so Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. What is that? The word of God, because prayer and praise is putting the word to work. Praise teaches you how to swing that sword, baby. Praise will teach you how to swing that sword. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, enemy, you came at me. Oh, oh, you want to play a game? Well, can I remind you that he is the great I am? Can I remind you he's the great physician? Can I remind you that he's the line of the tribe of Judah? You heard me say it earlier. You start reminding the enemy. You start praising, 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 praising. And then you, you start prophesying. You start prophesying over your family, which is a, a, a visionary prayer that you're going into. And you're prophesying over your family, speaking the word of God. Amen. So verse 14, then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar called its name, the Lord is my banner. Do you know what that means? The Lord is my victory. For he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. But here, what you have to see Why would God tell Moses to write this down? Like they just got done a war and the Lord tells Moses to write this down because he's training the next generation how to win wars. 
prayer and praise. Prayer and praise from a place of rest. Resting on what he has done. Amen. This is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I just sense we need to... <laughs> did, you know, uh, did you know he's worthy? <laughs> you don't have to look at me right now. He's, he's a lot better looking. You can get your eyes on Jesus right now. And he, he wants to take you to such a place. This, I'm telling you, you have to understand. I, I feel led to even share this. I'm not trying to get political. We have to understand there is an agenda right now. They don't even want people going out to vote. Okay, so if they don't want people to go out to vote, you have to think about this. They're saying it's going to be a really bad fall, a really bad winter. Why are they doing that? Because they're going to try to probably get something right before they get passive about letting people vote and they're going to say something's coming again. You need to be prepared to not fall for the world's narrative. You have to be prepared with prayer and praise. I'm not trying to get political. I'm trying to tell you, you need to get your eyes on him so you don't make decisions based off what the media tells you. Come on. We have to be in a place that we are obeying God. We are, and we, we have to hear this inward voice because you will, you will be played like a puppet. You will be played like a puppet. The reason fear controls, and that's why they use it. But God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I love the psalmist David in Psalm 34. He said, I sought the Lord, and he delivered me of all my fears. Not just one, not just two, not just a, a little, uh, you know, fetish. No, he delivered me of every fear. Oh, the world's going to end tomorrow. Praise God. <laughs> Let's go tell some people about Jesus why it's still day. Do you know what I'm saying? Some people are like, if I only had 12 hours left, I would do this or I would do this. I would tell every person I could about Jesus. I would tell every person I could about Jesus. You mean you wouldn't just make sure you're right? I know I'm right. I'm not trying to be, not trying to be whatever. I know what he's done in my life. And I know that I would want to use every breath I had to tell somebody about Jesus. Why don't we treat every day like that? We're not promised tomorrow. Tomorrow is the greatest lie of the enemy. I love what Daniel Kalenda says. He doesn't even say that it says today is the day of salvation. It says now. Not today, now. We're not waiting till, you know, after dinner. <laughs> now. It's the appetizer, it's the full entree, it's the whole kit and caboodle. You got time for one more passage? Go to 2 Kings. Why are you reading the Old Testament so much? Don't you know we're under a new covenant? Did you know Jesus fulfilled it so you should find out what it said? Second King 19, starting in verse 8. Actually, we're going to stay there. Go to verse 14, and I'm going to paraphrase, and then we'll read verse 14. There was a, another king. David is one of the most chief kings in the Old Testament, but there is another man that is brought up a few times, and his name's Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a righteous king, served the Lord, loved the Lord, and had a very transparent relationship with God. It's phenomenal, but we're talking about prayer and praise. I want to show you something. The Lord, as I was preparing this message and I was all in Exodus 17, the Lord kept dropping Hezekiah in my heart. I'm like, Lord, what is it that you want to say about Hezekiah? He's got a lot of really cool stuff. 
you know, that could go with this. And the Lord really directed me to this passage. I want to share this because I, I know this is going to help somebody. It's going to help me if it doesn't help anybody else. But Second Kings, there was a there was a king named Sennacherib, and crazy name. Don't name your kid that. That's it's a weird name. So Sennacherib was the king, and he was ahead of the Assyrian army. And this king sends Hezekiah, the king of Israel, a letter, sends him a, a letter, and it's a threat. Like, we're going to demolish and kill you all. Like, he's, he's like a courtesy death threat. <laughs> like, that's what he's sending. It, so you can read it. it. Like, he's like, we're going to wipe you all out. We're on our way. You know, how, you know, LOL, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, you know. Like, just sign off. They said something like that. So it was like, that was what was going. And then it was like, uh, so Hezekiah receives this letter. He receives this letter. And then what happens here is after he receives the letter, Hezekiah takes this letter and he immediately goes to the throne room. And what is so amazing is that, that you'll see here is that in 2 Kings, verse 14, after Hezekiah receives this reward, it says, he received a letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. He took the threat of the enemy and he didn't go, oh no, what am I going to do? <laughs> Everybody would start a prayer chain. Everybody pray. Like, and I'm not saying that that's wrong. If you want to get prayer, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, it's fine. But what I'm saying is that that's not what he did because he knew where, and so as soon as he got a threat from the enemy, he went before the throne and he just lays it there. Okay? This is going to help somebody tonight. The enemy's been whispering things to you. The enemy knows when to handcraft a thought of doubt. He knows when to handcraft a thought and he'll deliver it to you. And he delivers it when he knows you're most vulnerable. When somebody just screwed you over, when a family member did something or a coworker, it's some, something personal. It happened to me this past week. If you're not getting persecuted on a weekly basis, you're not serving Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just letting you know. If everybody agrees with everything you say, you're not preaching the gospel. Jesus said, they hated me, they'll hate you too. It's scripture from the master. It doesn't mean you're trying to get people to hate you. It just means that <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just letting you know. I, I like to say it like this. Let my, let my language be truth and my tone be love. I don't want to say a truth to somebody if I don't really have their heart in my best interest. If I can't speak truth without loving that person, I should keep my mouth shut until I love that person. Amen. So Hezekiah takes this threat of the enemy and lays it before the Lord. And then it says in verse 15, then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, this is what he says. Remember prayer and praise. O Lord, God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God. You alone. What is he doing? He's at the Ark of the Covenant because the Ark of the Covenant has two cherubims on both sides. So he's before the presence of the Lord. And what he's saying is he starts praising you are God. 
You alone are God. He's not even bringing the, 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 he's not even talking about the threat because he already laid it as an offering. This is what you need to do when the enemy is trying to torment you with thoughts and stuff. You say, you, you take every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and you cast it down. Bring it into obedience to Christ. Second Corinthians. And what happens is he goes here and he says, you are God, you alone of all kingdoms of earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord. So he's getting intimate. We said this a couple weeks ago. The reason God tells us to seek his face, because if you're always seeking his face, his ears aren't far away. Amen. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see and hear the words of Sennacherib, the weird-named king, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods but the work of man's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they destroyed them. Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, I pray, save us from his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. So what does he do with the enemy's threat? He starts praising God, and then he says, God, his whole motive for God coming to save is so that everybody would know how great he is, not just so he can get out of his little situation. He's like, Lord, let's partner. What we can't accomplish in our own strength, we yield and we surrender to you so you can be made known God over every nation. And then he says this, and the prophet during Hezekiah's reign was Isaiah. And then in verse 20, it says, Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord. So I want to just paraphrase. Soon as Hezekiah had a genuine moment before the Lord, what happens? The word of the Lord immediately comes to him. The prophet immediately comes because he stroked the heart of God by his prayer and his praise not allowing the enemy in. But this is where it gets really powerful. If you, go, if you skip over to verse 32, the Lord gives this amazing word through Isaiah. I encourage you to read it. He says all these things that are amazing about what he's going to do. But this is what I want you to see. You got to get ready. Verse 32, this is the final. This is like God's sign off to Hezekiah is worried about the Assyrians coming and destroying. The Lord's already letting him know it's not going to happen. But then in verse 32, this is what it says. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, the, the, the joker, the punk that sent the death threat, he shall not come into this city. Everybody say amen to that. Because what does he represent? The enemy. He shall not even come into this. It doesn't say he's going to come in and kick over some trash cans and it might get a little, you know, he might, you know, knock a 7-Eleven out or something like that. It doesn't say anything like that. It says he's not even coming into the city. Thus says the Lord. And then it goes on to say, nor should an, an arrow even be shot there. This is a whole army coming and the Lord saying they're not even going to step foot. There's not even going to be an arrow shot from a distance and enter. You got to get this. Nor come before it with the shield, nor build a siege mount against it. By the way he came, by the same shall he return. Does this sound like the enemy, the devil? The same way he tried to come with you, he's coming from 
He's coming from torment to torment you. The same way he came, he's going back, amen? You see what I'm saying? He came to get you addicted, but guess what? He's going back to be a, he's going back to the addiction pit. He's going back to whatever it was, you see? So you keep reading, and it says, by the way that he came, he shall return, and he shall not come into the city, says the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake, for my servant David's sake. And it said it came to pass that that night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. God is a God of love. He is. But he doesn't like when people mess with his bride. Come on. It's not okay. Not okay to mess with my bride. And if my bride's going to come before me with prayer and praise enemy, you are not touching her. You are not touching her. You will not put a hand on her. You will not. And here's the thing that I want some of you to know. Some of you will be martyrs, but he will never touch your soul. You can make that decision. That's another thing, but we have to be at a place where he's the reward. And we go forward with this. Amen. I think we need a praise. We need to praise. We need to praise. Now, this is what I sense. This moment is really special because you have to understand what we're preaching Jesus to be right now. We're preaching Jesus to be the great deliverer we're teaching. We're in a, would everybody agree we're in a day right now? It is so serious what is going on around us. The devil is playing chess all over. He is moving things, moving around. In the church, we need to be preparing. That's what this is all about. That's why we're, that's why we're not putting our, you know, do you, I want you to know that like we've been seeing increase here. More people are desiring to come. We have people that are messaging my wife and I from out of state watching that can't even go to church right now. Even, and I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, but even churches in the area, they can't even get like 15 people to come out to services right now. Some, some churches are doing better than others, but there is such a fear on the body of Christ right now. There is such a, an intoxicating fear and that there needs to be a people that are rising up with prayer and praise that are so confident of who he is so confident in this hour and what they're called to do that we are unhindered by all this, all this garbage. Amen? Amen? So what I really feel in my heart right now is I feel that the Lord wants to really bring that the enemy, as we said before, and I got to share this. This is what I have to share as, as we get ready. And I, I want to sing. We're going we're gonna to sing. <laughs> um. I got to share this testimony. I, f- I feel really led to share this testimony. When I was at the, uh, when I used to go to the, the river with uh, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, I, I went to the river for years. Um, and he, uh, people are going to the River College from here right now. Ileana has graduated from the river. A lot of us have history there, and it's an amazing place. I mean, they, they have church every day. I tell people all the time, it's like, have you been to the river? Yeah, they're, they're having church right now. What time is it? It doesn't matter. Just go. <laughs> go. <laughs> they're, stand, they're standing for something all the time. They are. It's amazing. It's amazing. But uh, the one thing that I remember that when I went to Bible college there for one year, and after that year, I was really ticked because I was young and dumb. I was like, I'm not going back here. I was like, these people are crazy. <laughs> it's like, I'm not coming back here. I was like, man, I was like, work me like a slave here. Like, I'm like, I'm doing all this stuff the whole time. Like, 
then no, you know, like, you know, shut up, deal with it, you know, or you get in line. Like, I'm just like, this wasn't, I'm like, this, I'm not. And I remember I, I was disobedient. And for a whole year, I went to a different Bible college just because I didn't want to go back there. So I went to another Bible college for a year. And the whole time I'm at that Bible college, I just hear it over and over again. I just, I just, it's like, it's like the whale engulfed my heart. It was like Jonah and the whale was happening in here, not like externally. And I just knew that I was running from some, but I, I went back to the river for a camp meeting that, that year. And this is where the testimony comes in is that during the message, I don't remember what the message was. I usually don't at the river, but it's like when it was like, it, it, it's a beautiful, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. It, but like, but when I was there, I was, I remember that the presence of God was so thick because it always is because of the, the, the calling and the, the, the way that the presence is hosted. And I remember that it was like, you know, halfway through the sermon, I just stood up and I, and I just put my hands up. And every time I had a thought, and we've all had this thought, and I'm not trying to encourage anybody to hear, I just want you to hear my heart. I'm not trying to give you a mechanism or anything. I'm just saying I held my hands up, held my arms up as high as I could. And within a few minutes, my arms really hurt, okay, right? You know what I'm talking about? Everybody here does it. (laughs) But I held my hands up, I held my hands up, and every time I had the thought, every time I had the thought to put them down, I said, sacrifice of praise, sacrifice of praise sacrifice of praise. The devil's like, it's not a big deal. Just put your hands down. This was, but I had a different word. Sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice of praise. Kept my hands up, hands up. I didn't know what time it was. I didn't know what was going on. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown's calling people out. Like, and he does this a lot. He'll call people out of different rows. Like, he'll just be like, you over there, get out and then fall over. It's like, but it's like, and then like he'll do this and I'm telling you it didn't feel like this but all of a sudden it just seemed like there was nothing going on for a while and finally I, I kind of and I heard this like hey you that's been standing up the whole time just come up here and get a drink like it was just kind of like it wasn't even like a real formal thing or whatever it was just kind of like I was just I kept my hands up but what the Lord placed in my heart that night is that if if I get if the Lord deals with my heart tonight, I'm going to go back to Bible college. I'm going to go lay my life down here for the next couple years. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It, it. But Lord, and I just kept hearing sacrifice of praise. Like if I just would have went there whimsically without a sacrifice, I would have not gotten an answer. I know that. But I kept saying sacrifice of praise, sacrifice of praise. And I kept my hands up. And when he called me out, soon as he called me out, that was all she wrote. From that day forward, I went to Bible college, done people that have known me, I've, 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 there's been so many different things that we've been a part of, seeing salvation, seeing different things happen, all, all that nature, but it wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have had a, a, a moment where I said, Lord, Lord, I'm not here because I just need a blessing. I'm not here just because I need a car built. I'm not here just because of just some little thing. I'm here because this life this life is yours and I've been screwing around trying to find out what's most fitting for me 
And tonight, sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice of praise. And the Lord dealt with me earlier this year, and he said, surrender is only a sacrifice if you're still in love with the world. Surrender is a privilege if you're in love with him. If you think about it, is it really a sacrifice to give your life for the greatest thing ever? It's not. Sacrifice of praise. I just want to give two calls with all, all eyes closed right now. Oh. If you're in this place and you do not know Jesus, what I mean by that is if today you were to breathe your last breath, we're not promised tomorrow. You're here tonight on divine assignment. If you don't know where you would go if you breathe your last breath there is a very real heaven and there's a very real hell and Jesus paid a price that you would not have to go to that hell but you have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave it's an actual transaction that needs to take place in your spirit man and it changes you forever I want you guys to understand that this is this is not a pep rally right now. I'm not, I, I didn't preach to, to make you guys do anything. I preached because I love Jesus and I wanted him to be seen in a greater way. But right now, I really believe that some people are on the cusp of some extremely, you're about to align. As the sun rises and sets because it's praising God, you are about to fulfill your high calling in Christ Jesus. Say, that's me. That's me. And right now, what I want to do is I want to seal this room. And I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, some of you, some of you don't play cute. Some of you might need to get in the aisle and dance before the Lord. Some of you might need to jump a few times. Some of you need to remind your, your body it's not the ruler of who you are. And that's why sometimes you got to get a little crazy before the Lord because you need to love on him and show him that, Lord, you have my life that this is a sacrifice of praise. So as we sing in closing, I believe that the Lord is gonna place his hands on you. You don't need somebody to come lay hands on you tonight. I sense there is something. If you need prayer, you can come forward and I'll pray with you. That's not a problem. I'm just saying that the Lord is teaching people how to go to the next level. Prayer and praise, amen. Prayer and praise, prayer and praise. Somebody praise the Lord. He's worthy. 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 You're not the same. You're not the same because he came and changed you from the inside out. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.